Ron Wood makes a beeline for me and grabs me and kisses me on the cheek, man. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Okay, everybody. I have a confession to make. I'm being very transparent on this podcast, and I have to be honest with everyone. I went into a restaurant and dined on Saturday night. I defied the pandemic. I got out of my house, got in a car, drove to a restaurant, walked in, sat down on a table, and ate tortellini. Does that make me a bad person? I, I love that you come out of the box with this. Just no setup, just like a confessional. Are you feeling guilty about this? Just coming out of the gates with it. Yeah, we we went with another couple to a favorite little Italian joint. And Did, um, did everyone sit at their own table? <laughs> no, we the four of us sat at a table, but it was it was almost eerie because uh, I guess this is the, the de rigueur now everywhere, but tables had been removed, so everything was really spaced out. All the tables were at least eight, maybe 10 feet apart. You know, the waiter was wearing a mask. We had to wear masks in, but once we sat down, of course, we uh, ain't been a mask invented that you can uh, eat food through, so we had to take them off. It was just a weird experience. My wife even made some comment that it almost felt like we were doing something illegal or clandestine. You know, it was just a strange experience. Yeah, I may or may not have gone to a restaurant as well this weekend, but I'm not prepared to admit it. So as far as the <laughs> audience is concerned, I have not yet ventured out to a restaurant. That was okay. very risky of you. So it'll be your little secret then. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, I got ahead of ourselves, I guess. Welcome back to the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Thank you all, pod family, um, as always, for riding shotgun with us every week. Hey, Greg, what episode is this? Uh-oh, this is episode 13. I feel like Twilight Zone music should start right now. Yeah, right? Because, you know, it, it's very fortunate that we don't suffer from uh, triskaidekaphobia. I want to celebrate the number 13 by presenting my all-time top five athletes who wore the number 13. I'm going to do a top five for Miami, and then oh, wow. I'm going to do a top five nationally. So for Miami, number five, Mike Miller of the Heat. Okay. Number four, Marcel Ozuna of the Marlins. Number three, Bam Adebayo of the Heat. Number two, Jake Scott of the Glory Days Dolphins. <laughs> and number one, well, no duh, I, I have to, I can't not do Dan Marino, even though oh. for comedic purposes, I probably should have just completely eliminated Marino, right? I don't know. Now, I don't know who Jake Scott is. Never heard the name before. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised you have Mike Miller behind Marcelo Suna. I mean, really? the, the, the no-shoe three-point game from Mike Miller, was it seven threes? I'm going to sound like an idiot here if I'm wrong. I'm doing that off the top of my head. I believe he had a seven three-point game in the playoffs for the Heat. I just feel like that right there is better than anything Marcelo soon ever did. Well, you know, that's, that's the beauty of lists is that they foment argument. Um, but uh, Jake Scott, by the way, was like mid-70s, glory days Dolphin. He was a safety, and I think... He wore 13 as a safety? Yeah, he was a safety, and I, and I think to this day, he may be the all-time team leader in interceptions with 35 or something like that. Hmm. Uh, nationally, my top five. Number five, James Harden. Number four... Roberto Clemente, and you young pups uh, need to Google that name if you don't know it. I know that name. I feel like even young pups respect that name. Number three, A-Rod. You got to put him in, you know, steroids or not. Number two, Marino. And number one, 
Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. How about I that? I didn't know he wore 13. Yeah, he certainly did. I Look did that. Research, man. I'm, uh, Greg Cody, doing research, typing into Google players that wore the number 13. <laughs> that, that, is, uh, that does pass for research nowadays. But these were the men who most famously and defiantly walked under ladders, stepped on cracks, chased black cats, thumbed their nose at superstition by wearing the unluckiest number on earth and doing so with aplomb. Can I just get something off my chest with the number 13 while we're here? I feel like I have a platform in this episode to really get everything off my chest involving the number 13. <laughs> and I really love how this podcast, more than any other, really dives into the number of episodes that it's on. Right. The, the signature podcasts so far have been one, our premiere. Mm-hmm. Number five, which to me, five always seems like a, a nice round number. Number 10, we threw a big podcast party, ill-timed. And then 13. Now, from here, I think our next big one's probably going to be 20. Not 15. Stay uh, stay tuned to find out. But while we're here on 13, I'm done with these hotels that have, you know, you're in an elevator and it's like they have floor 11, floor 12, floor 14, floor 15, floor 6. Hey, floor 14, I think you know what floor you're really on, okay? I feel like we're all adults here. Mostly adults stay at hotels, right? Not kids. I think we just need to put the number 13. Like, if you're on the 14th floor and there's no floor 13, I mean, come on, do the math. Yeah, that, that's a very valid point. Moving on, I am honestly, genuinely excited to bring you this first guest of ours. Uh, we had a great, fun interview. We, you know, when we started this podcast, we told you it'd be a variety show, right? And, and we're going to do, we're going to be all over the place. And today we're going to turn up the volume and, and bring you uh, a rock star that you need to know about. His name is Brendan Benson. He's the co-front man with Jack White of the Tours, who had the number one album in the country last summer. And uh, we're going to talk to Brendan and, and sample his brand new solo album called Dear Life. And I know Brendan, uh, and we'll get into that later, but we really need to uh, introduce you to uh, an artist that uh, I think you all are really going to enjoy. There's also a new edition of Greg's Mail Sack, in which I answer questions from listeners. Did this back in uh, Ep 5 and enjoyed it. So uh, today it recurs. But before we get started, I would very much like to celebrate ryan fitzpatrick's beard um it, it's i mean he many of you know he's the veteran dolphins quarterback he's the guy who's going to be mentoring to a tagovailoa uh, his beard is is long full and bushy under normal circumstances but availed on zoom to local media recently he appeared with a pandemic version of his beard that is absolutely glorious a wild and untended delight I swear Fitzpatrick Beard is likely the only good thing to come out of this deadly global health crisis. He's got that 19th century U.S. president look. Uh, And and by the way, a a quick history lesson. Only five presidents have worn beards, and all of them were between 1861 and 1893. The king of the bearded leaders was, of course, Rutherford B. Hayes. Bearders. Yeah. Hayes oversaw the end of Reconstruction. He instigated civil service reforms, uh, began healing the divisions left over from the Civil War. But Rutherford did nothing in (laughs) office better than cultivate a beard of Fitzpatrickian epicness. Uh, Are you with me on Fitzpatrick's beard? I am. I'm uh, still wrestling with the comment that it's the only good thing to come out of this, so it's better than extra family time. Yes, the beard is on top, and then comes quality time with with the kids. But, but I, I, I do think we're, we're got off on a bit of a tangent. Um, 
our ox pulled wagon uh, left the rut and, and veered into the sagebrush, and now we got to get it back on track. What the hell are you um, talking about? I don't know. <laughs> it's freestyle. I'm freestyling here. Okay, on to the meat of the show. Really excited to have Brendan Benson on the show today, and, and you guys are going to get to hear his music. We got permission to to play it, and every song you hear is going to be Brendan Benson, and we're going to intersperse music that we refer to, and so you're going to get a good sense of of who this guy is artistically and why I like him so much. You're also going to hear a fourth voice in this episode. It's Alex Benson, Brendan's brother. Now, the Cody's and the Bensons go way back. Brendan's dad and Greg have been friends for years. Me and Alex were in diapers together, and it just so happens Greg's best friend birthed the rock star in Brendan Benson. And so now he's joining us today and we're bringing in his brother, Alex, who I'm good friends with. And it's just a fun conversation about Brendan's career. And we're really excited about it. Yeah. And in fact, uh, you and I went to the Fillmore to see Brendan and the Rockin' Tours when, when they played down here in Miami Beach. Uh, when was it? Last fall. Oh, and, and so cool. They, and they set us up with, you know, backstage VIP treatment and everything. It was it was really wonderful. And yeah, that show was so cool, man. It's like the coolest experience I've had as far as going to a concert. We got to stay inside stage. It was just oh, such a good memory. But I'm so happy for people to hear this interview with Brendan. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We're really happy to be joined on the podcast today by Brendan Benson, who's been creating and performing powerful and melodic rock music for almost 25 years now. And Brendan is with us at what feels to me like the pinnacle of a career still ascending. Last summer, the group he co-founded along with Jack White, Patrick Keeler, and Jack Lawrence, the Rock on Tours, had the number one album in the country with Help Us Stranger, and followed that with a sold-out world tour back when large social gatherings were not only allowed, but encouraged. Now, Brendan is newly out with his seventh solo record and first in seven years. It's titled and it debuted higher on the Billboard album chart than any solo record he's done. So with congratulations for all the great work, uh, Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Wow, thanks, Greg. Quite an intro. That's very, <laughs> it's be- it was beautiful even. I like that. Thank you very much. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that, that it charted. I didn't know that. That's really cool to hear. You just moved into a new house in Nashville. You've got a a beautiful studio in there. Um, You're with your wife and two young kids in the midst of all these weird pandemic days. Uh, How are you and the family doing? Yeah, we're doing okay, I guess. You know, I'm pretty much a a homebody. I never like to go out. I never want to, let alone touch anybody or (laughs) be near them. So... I have to do that for a living, so I, I make it a point to stay home when I'm, whenever I'm not. But yeah, anyhow, the kids, it's, uh, it's difficult because, you know, th- they, on the other hand, need a lot of social interaction and, and a lot of exercise, and, you know, they're full of all this energy, and so that's been hard to school them. I mean, homeschooling, like learning how to be a teacher, I kind of had to bow out of that, and I, my wife, thankfully, is doing it because it's so hard, man, you, you know, 
Brendan's son um, super into skateboarding and he now has like a half pipe in his backyard, which <laughs> I won't ask who built that. And like, I'm thoroughly jealous because if I had a half pipe when I was younger in my backyard, in the middle of a pandemic, you would have never gotten me to go back to school. Yeah, well, it's precisely the reason we got it. We were like in the middle of this thing, man. And Declan was like making these ramps out of plywood and just, <laughs> and like cinder blocks. It was terrible. Rusty nails being jutted yeah, rust, out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was just, just playing dangerous you know so and i i regret to say that i did not build it i bought it somebody else some other father and his son built it <laughs> they were selling it and i was like man kind of like it. one of those let's just let's just get it we'll figure it out later brendan uh contrasted with the rack and tours where you play big festivals and stadiums and it's a it's a rock band in every sense of the word but your solo career uh, while you've got great longevity, you've been doing it a long time, and, and you have some of the most loyal fans, but like you say, it's a whole different vibe, right, when you perform oh, yeah. solo? Yeah, man, it's getting in the van, playing little venues. Speaking of which, little venues, I want to I give a shout-out, if I may, Greg. Small, independent venues are, are really su suffering hard through this pandemic, and, pro and most of them, 90% of them, probably won't make it and won't be there for us, people like me, which is really... Tragic, terrible, the fallout from that alone. Venues like the Crocodile in Seattle, that's probably not going to make it. And there are things you can do, and I'm sorry I don't have that info with me right now. But yeah, so touring like me versus the Wrecking Tours, yeah, it's a, just a way more low-budget affair, you know. I mean, I get my, I get my yayas out in the Wrecking Tours, you know. That's, mm -hmm. that's totally, I, I can live that rock and roll fantasy. And, but then my, my, my is... Not that at all. We're going to dive into the new record, but first I want to sneak in my one Rack and Tours question. Last summer, Help Us Stranger was the group's third album, but the first in like 11 years. Are you guys like setting your alarms now for 2031, or can you promise, <laughs> promise Rack's fans that there's going to be another album before then? No, we said the only thing spoken about that, that was, I think we all said, let's not wait so long till the next record. And that right. was about it. And I, and I think some, yeah. <laughs> That's, a, that's about as specific as you're ever going to get in that band, in the Reconteurs. Right. I mean, we don't even have set lists. How can you ask us to tell you when a next record is happening? I don't even know what the next <laughs> song is. When <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if, if, uh, if, if I'm your business manager, I'm, I'm reminding the entire group, you guys have put out three albums. All three of them have been in the top 10, and one of them went to number one. There's a little bit of a cash flow there that you want to take advantage <laughs> yeah. of. Hey, I'm with you, Greg. Believe me. I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, you know, there's uh, the powers that be. You mentioned uh, not knowing the next song. I'm interested in that. Let's say, because I know when you guys do these tours, you know, some crowds, you guys are probably feeling it and it's a great crowd. You probably are performing in front of some crowds where you're like, oh, I thought it'd be better than this. Do you guys have like spite songs? Like if a crowd is really <laughs> where you're like, you know what, we're playing this song and they can take it and they can like it. No, we should. That's maybe, a, maybe, maybe in a way. I mean, I think sometimes we've, I think there's, there have been occasions where we've felt maybe not so much spite, but like, it. let's just play for us. Like, well, yeah. let's just, what, what do you guys want to do? What do you want to hear? You know, what do you want to play? What do you right. feel like doing? But yeah, sometimes it, it's not a bad thing to have in your arsenal, I suppose. Some sort of, <laughs> some spite songs. Who's got the best crowd? Is it like, you know, what, what country's got like, the, like when you know when you go there, it's just going to be excellent. Oh, dude. Pretty much everywhere. Except the United States. <laughs> no, I mean, it's sad, sadly, it's true, man. I yeah. swear. I don't know why. And that's not to say that that's really not uh, a slam on the United States. More to say that 
I think people in other countries are take music way more seriously, way are way more fanatical about it, way more interested, and it's what part of their culture. It's it's part of their it's a value that they have, you know. Like, and I think Americans think of music as more incidental, more kind of atmosphere. You might have it on in a shop <laughs> on your way to work, right? I don't know. When, uh, and, and you don't you... care so much what you're listening to. I mean, you don't seek it out. You know, I think like in Brazil, man, geez, they, they don't get a lot of shows. So I think they, you know, they kind of seek, they have to seek it out. And it's, I don't know, it's a kind of a cool thing that way. I guess when you're, when it's so available to you, maybe you kind of take it for granted. When you guys were touring last summer, you, the group went to a lot of baseball games. Where'd that come from? Like, did you grow up a big baseball fan in Detroit or what? I did grow up kind of a baseball fan and I played baseball little league and I, and I, I, I kind of lost interest by the time by high school or, but no, that was Jack. That's part of the war stick. Let's see. Cause I kind of came into that later. Like they had, they have a sandlot league, I guess, you know, where all these kind of amateur leagues, I guess, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I, I don't know if they're, I mean, a lot of times they're pros playing actually. I mean, if I could remember their names, like Kilsner, what's his name? It's funny. I'm a, I'm a sports you're seeing Kinsler. <laughs> yes, Kinsler. Yeah, he played with us, you know, oh, in the wow, game. So cool. anyhow, but so it was like, but but well, you know what I'm getting at. It was kind of like these backyard games, yeah. and and to promote, I think Warstick, you know, the brand, uh, the bat brand, and it helped promote the racking tours. Of course, we didn't. That that wasn't the point. The point was for us to have fun, but it of course made news. <laughs> right. Can I just say that? Because <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at some. I just happened to see some footage on Instagram of me playing baseball in one of those games. And, you know, I thought, like, I played as a kid and, you know, I kind of had this image of myself, like, how I looked. And I thought, man, I looked pretty good. But, dude, whoa. And I had to ask my wife, I'm like, did I look, do you think I look kind of weird, silly playing? Like, did I look out of shape? Or she's like, uh, you know. Oh, I was horrified, man. can't believe it. If you were talking to the, like the most superficial person in the world, what is like the moment you've had in your career that's like a pinch me moment? You end up at some dinner with somebody, some party. Oh, I got that. Just like coolest moment you've had in your career. Easy. Um, it was when Ron Wood. God, how do I? Where do I start? Um, we were wow. the raconteurs. Yeah, I know. The raconteurs were performing in London, and Ron Wood and Mick Jagger came to the show, and they stood side stage and they stood at my side of the stage wow and so i didn't know that i didn't really know that the whole that most of the show and at the end you know i think jack pointed it out to me or something and then i whatever i got really nervous but the pinch me moment was after the gig we were backstage i think i was just like screaming like holy ron wood and mick jagger we're right there and they both come through the door and ron wood makes a beeline for me and grabs me and kisses me on the cheek man. Oh, man and says oh. and says i don't even know what he said he said yeah. something about you know great show or it whatever. doesn't matter what he said no it doesn't at all man it was unbelievable oh my this little god guy, he's so short you know and all skinny and he was with this like tall beautiful woman you know and oh it's just surreal and he kissed me and oh. told me you know i had a great show i just that was wow. awesome and then there's That's iggy great. pop there's so many dude there, yeah. i have so many stories it's awesome Oh. I'm lucky. So comparatively, where does that rank seeing Mick Jagger side stage to seeing Greg and I side stage at the Fillmore in Miami? <laughs> like, you know, is that like we're number two, a close second, gotta, maybe third or fourth? <laughs> hey, I got to say, you know, man, everything is, it's all relative, right? Like Mick Jagger might have made me nervous. You guys don't inspire nervousness, but 
you know, you get me stoked. You get me excited, right? <laughs> Don't, it's You're okay. like, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> Hey, I want to thank I, I want to thank you for that. By the way, that was the yeah. coolest experience I've ever had at it. I've never been able to be backstage at a show and side stage. That was awesome, dude. Like, oh, honestly, yeah, I can't welcome. thank you enough for that. It's the best way to see a show, I think. Brendan, um, Dear Life, your new album is out now, and uh, under normal circumstances, you'd be on tour promoting it right now. In fact, you're supposed to be playing a show in Seattle tonight. Wow! But obviously, touring is is out of the question right now. How much do you miss it? <laughs> uh that's funny because i historically and generally speaking i don't like to tour i don't and i've never really missed it you know because i have fun at the gigs you know but everything else is really kind of a drag you know the traveling and all that crap but of course you don't miss your water till the, your well runs dry right i'm like right. dying to get out there now i'm dying to play these songs and i and and i finally maybe i have a record that i'm really excited about playing i don't know you know since my first and second record maybe I mean, I hate to say that, but I mean, I didn't realize it, but maybe uh, that's true. I don't know. Maybe I'm just more excited to be playing now. So I want, wish I was out there. Well, I believe most definitely in only that which I can see. And my senses and myself agree. There is no you, there's only me. And I don't believe in heaven and hell. No, in fact, no plan as far as I can tell It's every man for himself It's only me, there's no one else Talk about Dear Life. It's such a fun record, so different to my ear, uh, inventive, uh, funky at, at times, uh, sounds I don't associate with you. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, horns are popping up on a record. What inspired the new album? Where was your head at going into it? Well, I think I just made this record for me and for for fun's sake and for or for not always just fun, but I was doing. I was kind of enjoying myself, you know. Like I was just excited to be kind of doing my own thing again. I guess after producing and co-writing, trying to do that, trying to, you know, carve out a place in the world to do that, which was very, proved to be very hard and not lucrative at all. And then there were other there were things that led me down. Like I lost my studio. My studio was, the building was torn down, was condemned, or, you know, like uh, made into a parking lot. So I had to move my stuff into storage and I set up at home in my basement in, with a little rig. And I wasn't able to play drums or set up loud guitars and do stuff like that. So I kind of went searching in the box for sounds and things, you know, like, well, I can't really plug in a really loud. I wish I could play this loud guitar right here, but what else we got here, you know, in the box? And, and oh, here's this weird sample. The first song in the record starts with this almost like human voice kind of gibberish sample sound. I was like, man, this is kind of cooler than a guitar, you know? So I was just finding things that would serve the same purposes, I think, you know, same power, would have the same power, just just not without the loudness that would wake up my family. I went, found fake drums and fake horns and yeah, stuff like that. I also found some deep fake porn, nice. which didn't make it on the nice. record. Nice. Send that to uh, me later. Send that to me later. Yeah, yeah, I got some 
you, bro, for sure. Cool, 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 cool. Is there any other musician on the record, or are you a one-man band here? It's mostly me, but um, on one song, Baby's Eyes, that's kind of a band. I mean, it's it wasn't recorded that way, but yeah, there's uh, um, John Radford and John Estes on drums and bass, respectively, and they're Nashville cats. They're awesome. Whatever came before you, I'm just glad it's gone. And then there's also John Painter, who played horns on the record. Dear Life has real horns on it. The other horns on the record are fake. And he played those those real horns, which are amazing. He's just so talented. I, I feel like you play every instrument ever invented. Um, if I handed you a bassoon, could you no uh, play it? And, <laughs> no way. No? I think that's a mistake. That's a, that's a misconception. Like when you hear, like for instance, me, who can play all the instruments, all the instruments really are is just bass, drums, and guitar. And guitar and bass, they're the same. <laughs> and so really it's just guitar and drums. And then keyboard, dude, it takes me all day long to do a keyboard track and it's all punched in. I can't play keys at all. So, you know I mean? A lot of it's trickery, a lot of it's... Well, know that the rest of the world definitely thinks you do play the keys and you're a master at it. <laughs> right, right. That's what I mean, that's, that's what's funny, right? And, the, and, the, and so I should be able to play the bassoon. Like, there you go. and there's like, no way, dude. I want you to learn the, the bassoon and then the bassoon. Uh, on your next album, uh, I want there to be a bassoon heavy. Uh, I think it's one of the hardest instruments to play, as a matter of fact. Bassoon. French horn, that's a really hard one too. On the song, uh, Richest Man, which again, I, I, I love. It, it's so propulsive and, and upbeat. It, it's a wonderful song for a pandemic, oddly enough, because it's, it's just optimistic. It's, it's forward looking. I love you. I want to jump in here because my dad is such an obsessive. He's the kind of guy that will sit in his garage for like three hours and play the same song over and over again. And about a week or two ago, really? Richest Man was that song. Oh, no, dude. Sorry. And I love that no, song, too. Crazy. I honestly do. But I heard it like 72 <laughs> times in the span of four hours. Because they loved that song? No, right. But that's what I mean. Uh, he pushed me almost to the point where I was just like, look, I love this song, but Jesus, guy. I am a, ser a serial uh, listener. In fact, I want to tell you a short story. Um, there's a couple of songs that have been in my ear almost my entire life, and I I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm humming, hey, hey, with the monkeys. You know, I don't know why. <laughs> it's just something I've been doing for years. And another snippet, and I have to blame Brendan for this. Uh, I will wake up in the morning with the song in my head and all of a sudden I find myself singing, I got a 1980 Volvo. And that's <laughs> oh, <a> no. <laughs> from good to me. Sorry. And, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't get it out of my head. We're on a tangent here, so I want to move on. Um, in the song Richest Man, there's a, a stutter effect at one point where you repeat the phrase, I got a few times. You know, I thought that was just a yeah. clever hook. That part is great, actually. I love that part of the song. Yeah, it's just, a, just, a, just kind of an homage to Kendrick Lamar's DNA song i got rap. i got i got i got yeah i got i got i got yeah the song oh, starts wow. that way so gangster i was really obsessed with that song and i just i was like i gotta put that in there it's 
And I think I said it as a joke when I was singing the background vocals, as a joke to myself, to amuse myself. <laughs> but then I thought, wait a second, it's kind of cool, I'm gonna leave it, yeah, why not? No, it, it, it works. Another song on the album, Dear Life, that I really like is called Good To Be Alive. Uh, we heard that a little bit earlier. And the video is sort of astonishing in its own way. Uh, through my job uh, in sports, uh, I happen to have been in the company of a lot of 1,200-pound thoroughbreds, and they're terrifying to be near. Yeah, Horses yeah. are so big and powerful and jittery and unpredictable. Tell us about the video for that song that stars horses. Yeah, it's, there's horses and there's roller skating, right? Right. Um, and which, both of which, I mean, we were, I think the director, Ben Chappell, I think he was just kind of riffing. Like, we had worked together on a Raconteur's video. He did um, Some Days, I think, that video for Some Days. I think I have that right. And we just got along really well. So he was just kind of riffing on that video. Like, hey, how about, it's good to be alive. I mean, you could kind of do anything in this video and make it almost like a monkeys type thing, you know, like kind of antics, you know, it's yeah. antics and stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, cool. So that's, that was kind of what we did. He got this kind of, what is it? You know, a, a bee in his bonnet about horses, about me doing some horses i don't know so but it was cool i learned about him i learned how to like walk with them and you walk with your shoulder with your hand on their shoulder kind of you walk at that you know by their neck or by their front yeah. legs apparently that's their comfort zone you know i don't brendan um we're gonna let you go really appreciate all the time and um I, I, listen for anybody listening to this i i cannot recommend any more highly brendan benson's new album dear life uh but i also encourage all of you to investigate his back catalog of solo work starting with uh, what I guess is sort of a cult classic, One Mississippi from 96. Uh, it, it launched uh, a really interesting career that uh, that continues flourishing. So Brendan, it's been great catching up with you. And uh, Thanks, Greg. You too. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Dear life, dear life, got me hanging on. All right, thanks again, Brendan. Um, I want everybody to check out his new album called Dear Life. Uh, and, and we thank Brendan a lot. That was good stuff. I also want to shout out Alex Benson, his brother. Now, if you're into music at all, this is a guy you want to follow on Instagram and Spotify. Check him out, Alex Benson. He's also at The Well-Fed Boy on Instagram. He's a DJ. He's been doing sets during quarantine. He He's open for business outside of quarantine once all this ends. This dude, if you are looking for somebody who knows music and you like a good Spotify follow, check out Alex Benson at The Well-Fed Boy. That was good to hear Greg Cody closing his canister in the middle of that promo right there. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to go to a fun segment now that we do occasionally. Actually, it's only the second time in 13 podcasts that we've done this, but it's Greg's Mail Sack. You said that like the music was playing. We're still here. Can you tell people what it is? Well, this is, <laughs> this is where uh, we take questions from our listeners, our loyal podcast family, and uh, we attempt to answer them. And they're coming out of left field for me because I do not know ahead of time what the questions will be. Why do weird things come out of left field and not right field? That's a good question. Also, the name of this segment implies that it could be something else, so I'm glad that it's just a question and answer segment. Yeah, the you know, Greg's mail sack obviously refers to the postman carrying a big bag of mail uh, across his right shoulder. Is that is that, that that's what he's carrying, is he? He's carrying mail on his right shoulder. Could be the left shoulder as well. I think it came out of right field, these questions. 
could be dead center. Let's get to it. It's Greg's mail sack. Let's pull your question from the bag and let Greg answer back. All right, folks, welcome back to Greg's Mail Sack. I'm putting on my host announcer voice for this segment. This is really exciting. It was such a successful segment the first time around. We had to bring back Greg's Mail Sack. Greg, how are you doing today? <laughs> you do have your announcer's voice. I, I, I thought I was listening to Bob Eubanks for a minute. Now, if you want to send in questions, send it to us on Twitter. Use the hashtag Greg's Mail Sack. That is Greg's M-A-I-L-S-A-C-K. Let's get into this. This is very exciting. We got questions from all around the world. Question number one, Tyler O'Mac asks, what's the worst birthday gift you ever got anyone? Was it the pineapple you got Chris? <laughs> uh, wow. That, that really cuts. That hurts. Uh, I maintain, continue to maintain that was a great gift, by the way. For the people that don't know, my birthday was this past week. I have gotten a little bit of a green thumb during quarantine. I'm trying to make my backyard look good with plants. I've mentioned to my dad that I want a pineapple plant, a plant that is not everywhere. It's a difficult plant to find. And he couldn't find one, so he gave me for my birthday a pineapple. Yes, that's right, which you can plant and turn into a pineapple plant that grows more pineapples but at any rate what was the question the worst gift i've ever given or received given i guess i'll go with the pineapple since everybody <laughs> made fun of it i don't know <laughs> moving on here big willie asks what is the most satisfying house chore well i just completely cleaned out my garage and can now fit a car in there that was very satisfying but that was a an elongated chore that uh, feels like it literally took years I like watering indoor plants. Uh, I love cooking. I don't. Uh, that's not even a chore to me. What about outdoor um, plants? Or do you just like watering indoor plants? No, I like doing outdoors too. I'm, I'm like you. I uh, my thumb is uh, you know green and um, and I'm loving it. I have a nomination. What about mopping? I don't think you mop a lot because you have cleaning people. Yeah, I have mopped a little bit during quarantine. It is, I like to put on some music. Do you synchronize the mop stroke with the beat of the song you're listening to? Yes. Picture me, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, Robin right. Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire singing to Dude Looks Like a Lady. That's <laughs> me every time I do house chores, especially mopping. I like it. All right, I feel like I answered that question better than you. Moving on here, Samantha K asks, what's the most fun you've had in the last year? Oh my gosh. Um... We went to the Rock and Tour show and, and had great backstage VIP treatment at the Fillmore in Miami Beach. That was memorable and, and just a hoot. That's great synergy for this episode. I didn't even think about that until you just said it, but that probably is the most fun I've had in the last year. That, I'm trying that, to think. Was that was absolutely great. And the other thing I'd, I'd say that you were also a part of is when uh, your mother for last Christmas bought me laps around a track in like a $300,000 race car. We also went to a Rolling Stones concert, me, you, and your, uh, my brother. So that, we've had, a wow, pretty, yeah. we've had a pretty decent last year, huh? That's not bad. Pre-quarantine. Life was good. Was, yes. keyword. We'll All right. Again, we hope. All right, moving on. Monica A asks, if you could be any animal. That was my kid, sorry about that. <laughs> if you could be any animal, which would you be? Um, is none an acceptable answer? I guess I have to come up with an answer. Uh, the idea of, I would have to say a bird because the idea of flight uh, interests me, but in um, looking down, surveying the kingdom, that kind of thing. But 
it would have to be a big bird not subject to be the prey of bigger birds. You know what I'm saying? So I think I'd want to be like a hawk or, you know, an eagle of some sort. Another plus of being a bird, would it, it's, it's socially acceptable for you to just crap on anyone at any time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. I literally saw a duck in front of my house uh, defecating right in front of my eyes earlier today. Is this his duck family? This is probably something we should get into next week. You at your house and your wife and, your, and my brother, your son, have adopted some duck family and you guys have become that house in the neighborhood. Yes. Let's save that for next week, though, because okay, that, that's a whole can of worms we got to get into. Yes, okay. All right, final question here. LeBron J asks, could that be LeBron James? Is he sending in questions to hashtag at Greg's Mail Sack? I know, I know he's a big fan of the podcast. Yeah. LeBron J asks, word association. We're looking for athletes in your career. I'm going to say a word. You tell me what athlete you think of. Okay. All right. Meanest. Um, Leaving all this dead air in there. No, no, please don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer, meanest, I, I don't know. All right, way to play this game terribly. Let's moving on, funniest. I don't know. Oh, Christ. I, 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 come on, pull another question out of the mail sack. Closest friend you've had. Have you had an athlete in your career that you've considered a close friend? No, I make a point not to become too chummy with people I've uh, covered. I mean- Mr. Journalist over here. No, well, it's true, uh, you know, um, look. I've had a long relationship with uh, a friendly relationship with Ray Hudson, who was the first uh, guest on our podcast in March. Uh, you know, I covered him in the late 70s and I know him to this day. I'd consider him a friend. Um, Biggest nemesis. For me? Yeah. I have no nemesis. Oh, Christ almighty, what a terrible question. That's it for Greg's mail sack. It was sackalicious, if you ask me. We'll talk to you next time, folks. Greg, back to you. Okay. Greg's mail sack, part two. That was that was a lot of fun. And Greg's um, mail sack in your face. And we uh, we uh, thank Brendan Benson again. We had a fun show today. And uh, please uh, really appreciate my podcast for family supporting us like this. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff, and uh, and resubscribe and whatever works because uh, it really helps us uh, do this thing every week. And, uh, you know, right now, if you're still listening to this, it means you've listened to the whole podcast and we want to reward you, which is why we waited until the very end of the podcast to say this. But uh, it's above my pay grade technologically, so I'm going to have Christopher explain it. All right. Basically, we did this a few weeks ago where we ha had a Zoom with a couple listeners of the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. It was really fun. It was a good time. So we want to do it again. And the way we're going to do it is if you're still listening to this, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, this is what you need to do to be eligible for a Zoom hangout with me and my dad. Retweet this episode on Twitter. That's it. If you retweet this episode that you're listening to right now on Twitter at The Greg Cody Show, we will go through those, pick three winners, and we will reach out to you and let you know when the Zoom hangout will be, and it's going to be a good time. So do that. Retweet this episode at The Greg Cody Show on Twitter. Okay. I, uh, I hope you all do, and uh, thanks again, Pod family. Appreciate you all so much. Hope you had fun today with us, and uh, we'll see you again next week. The show's still going on. Do I know? The show's still on. It's not over yet. Oh. Well, uh, Pod family, thank you again for joining us on The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody and Chris Cody, and occasionally my wife and, uh, and my son as well. Still going, the episode. Yeah, let's end it now. Uh, all right, now we'll end it. Okay. You know what? It's still going. Let's just have like a 45-day continuous podcast where it really never shuts off what is a show really yeah what is life 
great George Harrison song. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.